Welcome to Evangel Church, where we believe in seeing changed lives changing lives. Good morning, church. Praise God. What a series this has been, history. Have you enjoyed these weeks that we've spent together in God's Word? Three of you have. It's been quite a journey. We've walked from Genesis, and we're ending the book of Deuteronomy today. So we've walked through the first five books of the Old Testament, and what we see is that all of history is truly his story. Jesus is there from the beginning, the Bible says, and teaches us. And uh, there's a word that God has for us. It's in season each day. Can you believe what's coming up seven days from now? That we're going to stand here and celebrate the resurrection next Sunday in three services. Easter Sunday, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And there's reason to celebrate. I'll tell you, just like we said this morning, the rocks are going to cry out. This is going to be a place full of praise, and uh, we're believing for many lives to be changed. And I'm, I'm just, I'm excited about what God is doing in his house. And I could say that a lot to you. I use that word a lot because I am. I'm genuinely, when I pray and when I think about what the Lord is doing, there's reason to give him praise and there's reason to be excited. Um, I sense to my spirit that this season that we're walking through uh, it was significant for us as a church. And I began to share, in fact, a little over a month ago, I stood uh, right here in this room with about 100 of our leaders from the church and those that serve in various ministries. And I said, this season, the next 90 days, I believe, is a pivot point. It's a turning point for us as a church. God's preparing us for something incredible. And Easter, in this season we're in, is right in the middle of it. You know, there's, there's things that we're already seeing that are transpiring. In fact, on the 26th of March, we came together and we uh, shared a message and invited those to respond who needed a touch of healing in their bodies. I want you to know, church, that testimonies have been coming. They've been pouring in. Uh, people have been healed and touched by God in that service. There's a woman that came and met me, Ethel, right here in the front. She said, Pastor, I'd been dizzy for as long as I know. She said, but on that day, I came forward. Jesus touched me and healed me. I haven't been dizzy since then. We heard stories of a young child that was brought in. And I, I, I stood at the altar, prayed with her. She had rashes over her body. I didn't know she had fevers and wasn't able to sleep through the night. God touched her that day. And she's been fine since. God has restored her. Uh, from young to old, God's moving through the body. You know why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's on the move. And he's working in hearts and lives. Wasn't last Sunday incredible, church, to see our next generation. Uh, Come on, you got to come with me today, church. I hope you were, I hope you were as blessed by that as, as I was to see. Um, they're going to go further, we're believing, by faith. They're going to grow to love the church, not leave the church, and eventually lead the church into the next generation, into the promises of God. And church, we get to be a part of that. Uh, God's doing some incredible things among us. And right after Easter, I don't know if you caught it in the announcement videos. I hope you don't, you know, uh, tune out during that time. But there are some amazing things that are going on right after Easter. Now, catch this. Ready? The, the three weeks after Easter. The first one, you heard Catch the Vision. I hope that if you're newer to Evangel, if you've been coming for a year or less, and you want to know about the vision of changed lives, changing lives, I'd love to have a lunch with you and share my heart. Um, we're going to be over in the overflow the week after Easter. you got to stop there after service. I can't wait. Um, that's the beginning of some incredible things, and you'll get to hear a lot more about that um, if you're newer to Evangel, so don't miss Catch the Vision. A week later, 
you heard of something that's going to be, I want to say relaunching, but something we had a long time ago, a ministry called Alpha. I want you to know that we have leaders that are in our house today. We have staff members that got saved, came up through Alpha, this incredible ministry that's for those that are asking questions about the faith, those that are just beginning a journey with Jesus, those who haven't yet made that decision. And on the 30th of, of this month, we're launching Alpha here at Evangel again. And God's going to do some incredible things through the ministry. Come on, if you've been a part of Alpha in the past, you know what I'm talking about God's going to work incredibly through that. So get signed up. Pastor's excited today, okay? You got to come with me. And a week later, the 7th, we're going to baptize more people in one service than we've ever baptized. I'm already believing now. No one's been signed up yet. We're going to baptize. We broke records last year. I think 37 and then 38, and we're believing for at least 40. So uh, I want to tell you, if you have not been baptized yet, I will come and grab you and put you in that tank. So you better get ready now. Uh, you're getting baptized. We're, we're taking a step if you're a follower of Jesus. But we're believing many of them that get baptized are going to be because two weeks earlier they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That on Easter Sunday, they lifted up Jesus. They responded to the gospel. That during this season, somebody came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And on that day, on the 7th of May, they will step forward and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's what's ahead of us, church. So you ask me why I'm excited. No one asked me. I'm asking myself, why am I excited? That's why. I've got a, a family that's growing up. If, if you're new here, I'm Pastor Chris. Nice to meet you. I'm the pastor here. Uh, I have two children. Uh, one of them is three years old. Her name's Lily. She's born on St. Patrick's Day of all days. Um, and she is three going on thir 33. I don't know. She's growing up quickly. And I have a son. His name is Josiah. And he is 11 months old. And he was born on the 17th of May. So about a month from now, he's going to be one year old. And pray for us. We got a three-year-old and a one-year-old almost. Um, and we're not getting enough sleep at times. So pray, pray for us. <laughs> Um, you know, in fact, the, our kids don't get it. They don't get, like, Saturdays as a day where, like, mom and dad would love to sleep in. Um, and it's on those days that, you know, like yesterday, Josiah's like, hey, it's 7.15, I'm up. And you should be up, too. Um, and, you know, so we, we were learning those kinds of things. So pray for us. I have asked you to pray for us about that. So yesterday has happened. Josiah uh, is up really early in the morning, and um, Mandy goes and gets him, and, and Lily's up, and she's playing, and and Mandy decides to do something a little different. She brings Josiah to me and places him in bed with me. So he's sitting there next to me uh, in bed, and he's crawling around. Josiah is growing so quickly. He's crawling everywhere so fast. So we're playing. I'm talking to him a little bit. And then he just wants to start crawling. And I'm watching because he's crawling to the edge of my bed. And he's crawling to the edge of the bed. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of a little sleepy at this point in time. So I, I, I reach out, and I just grab his foot. And as soon as I grab his foot, I mean, his arm just goes off. If I didn't grab his foot, he's, he's tumbling off the bed. So I pull him back. What does he do? He crawls right back to the edge of the bed. I grab his foot. So we do this two or three times. He's getting frustrated with me because I keep pulling him back on his leg. I'm thinking, I don't want to keep pulling his leg like this. So he's wearing some footy pajamas. How many know about what I'm talking about, footy pajamas? You wish you still had some footy pajamas, don't you? So I had this idea. So I grab one of the feet of the footy pajamas without his foot in it, and his leg slides up, so he's still crawling inside his footy pajamas. I'm just holding him, and he's just crawling there, <laughs> and he's getting so mad, he starts crying. Eventually, he realizes that he can't get there, and I said, Josiah, your daddy loves you too much to let you fall off and get hurt like that, and, and as I said that, I just felt God just nudging me towards the message we're preaching today and what we're coming to in God's word. Here's what I want you to know. You may not know much about God, but I want you to know you have a God who loves you so much, a father who loves you. He doesn't want to see you 
fall. He doesn't want to see you hurt. He doesn't want to see you destroy yourself. He doesn't want to see you make decisions that you don't even know you're making that are going to cause you harm and not good. And in the same way that my, my son doesn't have the capacity to understand that every time he's crawling, he's crawling towards a literal a cliff. And I want to tell you, three feet for a one-year-old is a lot, right? Uh, going headfirst off that, that he doesn't even realize or comprehend what he's doing in the same way. You know, I, I love that God says we're his children. You know why? Because we think and act and live like children so often compared to God's knowledge and God's insight. But he, there are times that you and I were walking, we're doing things, we have no idea where it's leading us. And so we come to God's word today. Would you open with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30? Because as we close out this series, the children of Israel, they're getting ready. They're standing on the edge of the promise, a promise that had been hundreds of years in the making, a promise that God had promised not just to them, but to their forefathers, to their great, great, great grandparents, to their literal ancestors. He made a promise to a man named Abraham. We read about it in the beginning, the the opening portions of of the book of Genesis. He said, one day I'm going to give you a land, and I'm going to make you a people as numerous as the stars in the sky. What a promise to make to a man who's almost 100 years old with a wife that cannot conceive children and say, one day, you're going to be the father of many nations. God, what what kind of sense of humor do you have that you would call me uh, and you would say that to me? But guess what? God fulfills his promise. God does it every single time. It may not be in your timing or my timing, but he does it in his timing. He's never late. And he has them there on the edge of the promised land, on the edge of entering in to everything that all that we've been reading about church is building towards this moment. These five books is building towards this moment, entering into the promised land that God had for his children. It was right on the other side of the Jordan River. And as they're ready to cross over into that, you would think there's all this celebration. You'd think that there's all this excitement. But it's a somber moment because Moses, their leader, who had been leading them for 40 years in the wilderness, who had led them by God's hand out of Egypt through the Red Sea, God had made it clear to him, we read in the book of Numbers, that he wouldn't be taking them that leg of the journey, that his journey ended on this side of the Jordan. And I'm so thankful for a leader like Moses in that time. You see ups and downs in Moses' life, but in that time, he didn't sit there and say, you know what, if I, it's not my journey, it's not my problem. He didn't say that I'm just going to curl up on a hill somewhere and run away and not, and not talk to them anymore. I'm done, God. If you're done with me, I'm done with them. He carried a burden for the next generation, the one we talked about last week. So he came to God and prayed and said, Lord, raise up a leader. Raise up a leader that will lead them then. If it's not me, Lord, then I want to make sure that they're going to enter into all that you have for them. I want the impact of my life to outlive me. Come on. I want want the things that I'm making. I want the choices that I'm making to outlive me and not just touch me, but generations to come. I want you to know that if you have a child in this house today, I I want you to know you're not just raising a child. You're raising up generations. Generations. There's an impact that's so long beyond you. There are decisions you'll make today to be faithful to God that are going to resonate through time as long until the Lord comes back. It's because of your choices, the way that you've walked the race, the way that you've run. Moses got this. He got it in his spirit. He got it deep down inside of him. And so we just see by the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is just pouring out his heart, his final challenges to the children of Israel before they enter into the promised land. And we come to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I want to read to you this because in the same way that Josiah had no idea what was standing in front of him on the edge of that bed, what he had no idea, and I'm just told, Moses taps into the heart of God, something we'll see repeated over and over and over again in Scripture. 
And we see him say it here in front of the people of God as they're gathered together. Lord, speak through this word. Now speak to every heart, Lord God. Speak clearly, more open to you. Lord, I sense your presence, Lord. You want to change someone's life today, Lord God. And you want to change lives that aren't even here today, Lord, yet. But it's going to be through this word. So come now, Lord, and speak. In your name we pray. Amen. Here's what he says. He says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity or death and adversity. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 15. He said, in that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering in to possess but verse 17, but if your heart turns away and if you do not obey, but are drawn away to worship other gods and to serve them, then I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. He then says this, I call on all heaven and all earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. And how? He says in verse 20, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give it to them. Oh, God's word is still timeless today. God's word is still timeless to us today. He says the same thing to you and I. Today I lay before you life and death, blessing the curse. Will you choose life today? I want you to know that our life is made up of a series of choices. And we see it so clearly here in God's word. Because every choice you make in life is a step. And every step you make leads you somewhere. And sometimes we wake up and we look around and we're so sick by where we are. We don't realize. We say this one question. What do we all say? How did I get here? By the choices that we made. It was the choices we made consciously, subconsciously. They led us on a journey. God says it's time for this generation, for us, every generation, to realize the power of your choices. And your choices are so much more than what you think they are. You think every little choice is inconsequential, but when you add them up, they're painting a picture. They're creating a pathway. They're leading you somewhere. Do you like where those choices are leading you? Are they choices that are leading towards death or ones that are leading toward life? This is, the, this is the, the impression on the heart of God. This is what Moses is burdened by because we're going to rise and fall by the choices that we make, by how we run, by the way that we walk and the way that we carry out our lives. I want you to know this challenge has been woven through the fabric of Scripture. And we have a generation all around us. We have a world in, in that time and in every generation where we see so many who aren't walking in the way of life. They're walking in the way of death. It's not a way that's going to lead towards life, towards blessing or God's promise, a way it's going to lead towards destruction. Jesus hones in on this. And as Jesus looks out over all the people of his day, 2,000 years ago, and we look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus says it like this. He said, enter through the narrow gate, because wide is the gate, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are so many that are going to enter through it. 
But the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are very few that will find it. I want you to know, just because everyone's on the road doesn't mean it's the right way for you to go. Just because it's full and busy. I want to tell you, I don't always look forward to the traffic. I don't look for the traffic. I'm not just figuring out, okay, where are all the people at? That's, that must be the right way. I want you to imagine with me that there's a super highway. The widest you can imagine, 5, 10, 15 lanes wide, and there are cars just streaming down it. As you look, you think, wow, they must be going somewhere. They must be, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, it's what, June 6th, and it's the New Jersey Turnpike South or Parkway South. Where are they going? To the beach. You know, okay, everyone's there, and you want to be there. You want to be there ahead of them, right? You want to go. You're thinking everyone's going in that direction. It's crowded. Now, would you imagine with me? I'm driving on the on the Turnpike uh, South with one of our staff members. We're heading over to uh, down to Burlington to a meeting. And as we're on our way down to Burlington to a meeting, um, there's a place right at exit 6 you could turn off and you get onto the uh, PA Turnpike. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You cross over the Delaware Bridge. We come down there. That exit is closed. And I think they're doing some kind of bridge work. They must have been taking out pieces. It made it impossible for anyone to pass through there. I mean, could you imagine if they didn't put up those signs, they didn't stop that, and how big that chasm is? Imagine they had taken out a section of the bridge, and there were just people. Hey, I'm heading to PA, and they're just driving. They have no idea. They come right up over that bridge and just pff, right into the water, right into the water, right into the water. Say, that would never happen. I want you to know that's happening every single day spiritually. There are people that are on a journey. They have no idea where they're going. They have no idea that they're on a way that leads to death, not to life. And we've been given a sign. Thank God. God's lifted something up for us to see. He's lifted up Jesus in the wilderness. He said, just as a snake was lifted up in the wilderness, I've been lifted up. And if he be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men to myself. But that shows us something. He shows there are two ways. There's a narrow way and there's a wide way. And there's a way that the world is traveling. There's a way it seems so full and could seem so ripe. But I want you to know it's going to lead towards death. In fact, we see in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 14, 12, an incredible word of wisdom. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it is the way of death. I think we need to understand what this means, the way of death. Because I think when we measure things in our own eyes, in our own thoughts, we, we can think that, you know, these things are small, these compromises are few. But, but have you ever walked with someone who's truly, you would say, in your estimation, on a way of death? That their life is spiraling in such a way that, that if something doesn't change in them quickly, they're going to die. Have you ever walked with an addict, someone who has been so bound in their, their addiction that it's destroying them and killing them? From the inside, but they just can't stop. Am I talking to someone today? Do you know? Do you know this? Have you ever experienced that? I know I've experienced that. Someone's so trapped in what they're what they're experiencing that they they're hopeless to overcome it and have their own strength. You see, some there are probably some in a room this size they've lost their lives to something that has just eaten them away, and every time they took it a little bit deeper, it was just leading them down a road towards death. It started out with just a few. Uh, experiments, just a few things, just a few um, compromises before long. It snowballed and spiraled. I think we see that vividly through things like addiction and other things. But here's what I want you to know. There are, there are other things, and there are other people that are walking around all around us every single day. We have no idea. They're on the way of death as well. Problem is they got the makeup on. They have the 401K set. They got the car. <laughs> they got everything on the outward. They got everything. They got some of the stuff you want. You're thinking, man, I want that but you don't realize what's going on on the inside. They do. 
and you have no idea they're on the way of death. The problem is we judge with the outward appearance. God says it clear. He judges the heart. He understands the heart of every person. And here's what I want you to know today, that my prayer for us as we come to God's word and as we see that God would make us like Moses in this moment, that God would make us like a generation, that we could realize the significance of the hour, that we could recognize the season that we're in, that we could recognize and see and sense of, and have a burden when we look around us to not just keep running, get tunnel vision, just worrying about our own life, our own comfort, our own family, but we would look to our left or to our right and we would notice. He would give us eyes to see it if it's not clear. When someone's walking on a way where they need God to intervene or they're heading towards death where they need God to show up in their life. And they say, Pastor, you're making that sound so, so like incredibly uh, you know, serious. I want you to know it is serious. I want you to know for some people, you're the only Jesus they're seeing, they're experiencing. You're the only hope that, that wanders into their life. There are things that people are walking through and wrestling with that you have no idea of, but God's going to give you. And I'm believing it because I've been praying for it. He's going to give us divine appointments. Times where he's going to show us. He's just going to awaken us by his spirit to show us when there's somebody they need a touch from God in their life. When we do that, we're demonstrating love. Jesus said, greater love has none than this that a man will lay down his life for his friends. That greater love has none than this, that, that we are meant to be marked by our love, by the way we love others, by the way we love other believers, by the way we love our neighbor as ourself. God's desire is for us to be keenly aware of what's going on around us because there's a world that's perishing. There are people that are walking in a way that leads towards death. Jesus recognized it in his day. He recognized it so clearly, so vividly. And he said, choose the path that leads to life. And he was making a way. He was making a way so that that could happen. I, I was watching in the news. I, was seeing, I saw this incredible story that had come up. And I think about our, uh, Chris, would you hand me that right there? I was thinking about our talk last Sunday. Remember this? Where, where are you here last week? Remember this? I told you that we're running a race, right? What kind of race is it? Man, I really feel like you guys aren't here today. When I ask you that, you got to, you know, they're not uh, rhetorical questions. It's a relay race. And you know what the power of a relay race is? It matters what happens with this baton. The baton is our faith. And we're going to hand it off from one generation to another. And the goal is this is that we don't drop it, and then we cross the line. We've got to cross the finish line. That's the goal of the race. And we realize it. But I also want you to know it's not just a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a long race. It's a long relay race. It's been going on since the beginning of time. It's been going on since we're reading now, and it keeps passing on from one generation to another. They're running and they're going. I know in many of our races we're looking at the time, the time where we're so worried and so concerned about that time. But I want you to know that it's we don't... Here's what Jesus said. We're going to keep running the race, and it ends when he comes back. And he said this, you don't get to know the time. So we can take our eyes off the time. And so where are we looking to then? You know where we need to be looking? We need to be looking around. We need to run in such a way. This is what it says. Paul says at 1 Corinthians 9, 24, he said, Don't you know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives a prize? He says, so run in such a way that you're going to win. Now here's the good news today. That we're all running this race, but this isn't like some other religions where they say only a few people maybe are going to get there and cross. And get Here's what Jesus said. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. So if you and I run the race, guess what? There's a prize that's stored up for us. So we run in such a way. When he says run in such a way, he's not saying there's only a few people that are getting to heaven. 
He's saying, though, you need to discipline yourself and run in such a way that you're going to win. Don't run aimlessly. Don't wander around. Keep your eyes on the prize. Be in it to win it, right? Be in it. Run in such a way that you're going to win. But I felt God put a, put a word in my heart early this morning because of this, this, this news piece that I had seen a while back. And I, and I have to show it to you this morning because there was a, a, a marathon, half marathon that was being run. It was called the Love Run of all things, right? The Love Run in Philadelphia. It was run, I think, the weekend of the 27th. So a couple weeks ago it was run over in Philly. And as they're running this half marathon, they're getting to the end. I want you to see what happens to this young lady. She's running, and her muscles have just given out. And look at all the people, multitudes going by, but these two runners, these two men, she doesn't even know them. They grab her, and they, they just run along. So, come on, we're going we're gonna to finish this thing. We're going we're gonna to get to the end. We're going to get through it. We're going to come. We're going to get there. And they're encouraging her, and she's trying. Look at the multitudes are going by. Can't tell you how many hundreds ran through. These men, they're not so worried about their time anymore. They're worried about her crossing the line and them crossing the line. They're in it for her to get there. They're committed. They're committed to her. And then another one comes up. And look what happens here. He recognizes it. And he doesn't just hold her up. He picks her up. He picks her up and he runs. And said, I'm not going to be satisfied with her falling before we get there. Look at the finish line's right ahead. He said, you're getting there. I'm going to be sure of it. You're going to get to the end. And that's what I didn't catch in our last service. They're running. And they're running right next. Look, they're cheering her on. They're there. But something beautiful, beautiful happens right here at the end. They set her down because it's ultimately her. She has to cross through it. It's her journey, right? It's her run. They set her up. Now, how many people have passed by? How many people? For them, it isn't about that. It isn't about the time. It isn't about the hour. It's about making sure that everyone passes. And they're not leaving somebody behind. They're not going to let someone that was within their reach not cross and fall flat early and give up early. Here's what I want you to know. God's going to awaken something in us that as we're running the race, that if we're going to run it to win, here, here's what I felt up on my heart. Ready? Run in such a way that you could win someone. Run in such a way that you not just win, but that you win with someone. That someone else is going to come across the line because of your reach, because you reached out, because you came alongside of them, because you lifted them up. But it takes you being aware of what's going on around you. But here's what I love is that God's working and his Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. And one of the things that God will do is he'll give you a word of wisdom, a word of insight. He'll give you a prompting or a nudge in your spirit that you'll know. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but something's going on. God will just show you someone, somewhere, someone that you walk by, someone you may not even know. And he'll awaken something in you to just say, go to them, talk to them. Walk with them. Pay attention to those moments. Pay attention to those nudges. Because in them, God may be setting something up that's so much bigger than you could ever imagine, church. Something that could change someone's life and change their eternity forever. You know, uh, seven, eight weeks ago, I'm sitting with our staff and I'm talking to them about Easter. We're, uh, we're praying. We're planning. We left this meeting on this Thursday and we were so excited about what God was going to be doing this Easter. And we we're expecting for people's lives to be changed. And our prayer was like this. We said there are some people that are walking journeys. They're walking down a road in the wrong direction. And we're just believing that they're going to have a revelation of Jesus Christ that's going to turn them around and that they're going to come back. And here's, here's what we kept saying. This is the win for next Sunday, so you know that we want to see people move from religion into a relationship through a revelation of the resurrected Jesus, that they're going to see Jesus like they've never seen him before, and they're going to come into a living, breathing relationship with him. That's our prayer. That's what we've been saying since then. And then a couple of our staff members go out to a meal that night, 
And they come back with the most incredible story about how God is moving. Something we had to hear. I've had it shared with some of our leaders, but you have to hear about it this morning, church. Okay, are you ready? Do you want to hear about it? All right, I can't do it alone. I need uh, two of our leaders and two of our staff members, Pastor Marsha Monsor and Maria Cortez. Come on up and join me. Give it up for them. Pastor Marsha, our family life pastor. And Maria is our external ministries director and in, in, uh, missions outreach um, they, they got to tell the story. They tell it so much better than me. So take it away. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, church. So it's a Thursday. We come out of our meeting very excited. Pastor Marsha and I decide later that night we're going to have dinner. And, of course, it took us about a half hour to figure out where we were going to go to dinner. Um, and so I made up my mind. We head to the restaurant. We pull up to the lot. And I was like, oops, they're closed. And, you know, can I tell you that God is on the move? He closes doors. He had a plan for us to, that night, and he didn't want us to go to that restaurant. So we had plan B, and I, I looked so funny because Pastor Marsha already knew that plan B was the plan A, but I was still catching up. And so I was like, all right, we'll go to the diner. And so we, we go to the diner, and I'm sort of overtaken by our waitress. There's something about her. There's an instant connection with her. She's incredibly doting over us. She actually warmed my mug for tea, which was fabulous. And so Maria makes this comment to me that she looks like old Hollywood, like a Natalie Wood type person, very put together. And I want to give her this compliment, but you understand that the second you use the word old in any compliment, it's no longer a compliment. It's not going to work properly. So she comes back over and I say to her, I said, you know, me and my friend are commenting about how regal you are and how beautiful. And she is like, oh, thank you so much. And she starts doing this whole modeling bit for us. She's like, oh, thank you. I get up in the morning, every morning, and I look in the mirror and I say, thank you, God. And I said, okay. She goes, yes, yes, I love God. She goes, you know, me and my friends, after I get up, I tell God, thank you. Me and my friends, we get together, we put our hoods on and we go to pray. I think in cult. The hoods threw us, I have to tell you. So I'm like, okay, hoods. I'm waiting to her to keep talking. She keeps talking, and finally she goes, because I'm a Christian, I'm born again. Fabulous, great. <laughs> she tells us the church that she goes to, we know the church, and we turn around, we say, oh, we're Christians too. She goes, oh, where do you go to church? I said, oh, we go to Evangel Church. And she goes, oh, I got saved in Evangel Church. She goes, I got saved in Evangel Church in 2011. She goes, let me tell you my story. Now she's sitting with me. She's got into the pew, the, the aisle, and she's sitting with me to tell me her story. Oh. Uh almost on her lap, actually. I forgot to share with First Service this piece of it, but there was something about us kind of planning our Easter services and this idea of the invitation that was sort of working on me. And so just being at the diner in this moment, I knew that God was showing us something. It was so evident in that moment that he was up to something and showing us something. And so she sits and she's, she's not, by the way, she's working. <laughs> but she's sitting with us and she's saying, you don't understand. That had to be the worst day of my life. I was so broken and I was so lost and I'm walking my dog on a you know, on a dark, rainy day, and I'm walking in circles, and I'm crying, and this woman just walks by me. And all these people are walking by me. But this one woman walks by me, but she turns around, and she taps me on the shoulder. And she says, can I walk with you? And then she proceeds to walk with her for the next six hours. 
Six hours. Do you think that other woman woke up that morning thinking, I'm going to share six hours with someone today? No, she didn't. And so? So she walks with her for six hours, and they pour, she pours out her life to this woman. And she just shares and shares and shares. And they walk, and they cry, and they walk, and they're walking this woman's dog. And finally, the woman turns to her and says, you know what? My church has an evening service. It's Sunday. Would you come with me to church? And she said she doesn't know why, but she got into a stranger's car with her dog and drove to Evangel Church. She has no idea why. She just knew she had to come. She said she showed up at the doors of Evangel Church. There was an evening service going on. And when she got to the doors, the door swung open. That's how she remembers it. And she said she walked into the service. She walked through those doors right there. And there was a woman that was standing here preaching. And the woman stopped preaching, turned to her, pointed to her, and says, Sis, you who just walked in the door, Satan is waiting for you outside the house. That's why God has brought you in the house. And she said in that moment she became undone. She completely surrendered her life to the Lord in that moment because nobody knew that that night she was going to take her life. And God brought her in the house to save her life. So... Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Today you've heard Pastor Chris share that it's about life or death. In this situation, it was about her natural death because she was considering taking her life. It was about her spiritual yeah. death because had she succeeded, she would have been in eternal hell. I mean, this is what's happened. In that one split moment, that woman stopped, caught eyes, and decided she was going to invite her. It's life or death. And I just, if you may allow me, Pastor, because I just want to share with you, that's my story. This weekend is my 10-year anniversary of my baptism, and that's a big deal because it was someone's invitation. It was the fact that someone wouldn't let me walk out of her office and invited me with the back of a bulletin to this church that I am now sharing stories on this altar. Who would have thought it 10 years ago? It's about life or death. And so she says that woman stopped and did that in the service, and she came back this Sunday, and that same woman was preaching Sunday morning. And so she's talking, and Maria and I keep looking at each other going, there's only really one female preacher in Evangel. I, I don't know who she else could possibly be. But she keeps talking and talking, and finally she walks away. I said, Maria, what do you think? She goes, she's talking about you. <laughs> she's talking about you. She doesn't recognize it. So she comes back to our table, and she says, so what do you guys do at the church anyway? I said, well, I'm one of the pastors. And she starts screaming. She goes, it's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. And I laugh at that, and I'll tell you why. I don't remember a church. I don't remember the night. I don't remember what I said. All I know is that in that moment, I was obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's all that mattered. Yep. Amen. Amen. And that's all that matters for us Amen. is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. The Lord allowed her, amen, the Lord allowed her to have that moment with me where she could say thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. Praise God. I don't remember. <laughs> but in that obedience, a life was transformed. You have no idea what your obedience does. It's one moment, one second, but it has eternal consequences. Amen? Amen. 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 Pastor Chris. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Come on, let's stand up. Our brother, let's stand up right now in this moment. Because here's what I want you to know, church. God's on the move. 
And here, here's, here's the most amazing part of this story. We can't figure out who this lady was that walked with her. All I know is that she went to Evangel Church. We think her name was Sue. We've checked with every Sue in our database that we could find to figure out, like, was it you? But here's, here's the most amazing thing. Heaven alone knows, but it doesn't matter who. It matters what they did that they were obedient in that moment. I'd love to hear the rest of that story. I'd love to be able to connect her now with this woman who lives a few towns over from us, whose life has been changed. She has no idea that a moment as she's walking, she's right, God, I got it. Can I walk with you? Can I walk with you? Can I walk a journey with you? And she would just walk, and then she just wouldn't let go. She wouldn't stop walking. Hours go by. Do you know why? Because someone was on a road, a way of death, and he said, you know what? No. God said no. And what he's going to do is the way he's going to bring people into a life-changing relationship is by nudging his children, by nudging his followers and saying, follow, go with them, place a hand, reach out to them, carry them across the finish line of faith, place them there, make sure that they can experience the life that God has for them, that God would raise up a generation by his Holy Spirit where he'd begin to nudge us and begin to speak to us church, that's my heart today. That's my prayer that God's going to begin to speak to us and burden us for those that are broken around us. And it starts right now. It starts right now with us because there are people in your lives, there are people around us. We need to ask Jesus to show us them because he's already shown us the way. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the power of your reach, the power of your invitation opens the way for that for countless lives in this moment I can sense so strong the Holy Spirit's stirring he's stirring hearts right now we don't want to ignore this moment because God's burdening hearts he's doing something right now and I want you right now in, your, in this moment I want you as you're standing to begin to pray and say God show me put someone on my heart right now Lord put someone on my heart right now Lord God who is it that you have for me who is it that you have for me, Lord God, that I'm supposed to be talking to? Who is it for me, Lord, that I'm supposed to walk alongside of? Some of you are undone in this moment because God brought you here today for the reason. He, he has a word. This word was for you. Maybe you've been contemplating hurting you. Maybe you've been on a way of death, but he's ready to re re revive you. He's ready to restore you. He's ready to save you. Even in this moment, reach to him right now, right where you're at. Reach to him. come and have your way. Lord, come and have your way. In this time right now, God's putting names on your heart. He's putting someone, a face, or someone you know, someone within your reach today. And God's going to give you the boldness to just reach out and say, would you come with me? Would you walk with me? Would you join me? Would you be here for Easter? Would you come to a service with me? And as you do that, God's going to strengthen you to give that invitation. There are others that God's going to put in your path this week. I've been praying for divine appointments. God's been giving them to me. You know what? When we pray, God answers. I say, God, show me people. Show me people. Lord, I don't care if it's a person I run into at a store or someone I've never met before. Lord God, just make me obedient in that moment. Church, make that your prayer today, even right now. Lord, just show me this week coming up, Lord God. Show me who it is that you have through your putting in my past, someone that I can reach out to, someone that might be walking on the way towards death. And Lord, you're sending me to them. What we're going to do is we're going to intercede. We're going to pray for just a few moments. I gave every one of you a card like this. To put three names down. 
Some of you have those three names. Some of you have more than those names. Some of you have been inviting people. Praise God. Some of you don't have all those names yet. You know why? Because God's put someone in your path. They're going to be here before Easter comes. That's that one. Be obedient in the moment. Church, pray with me right now in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and would you just awaken our hearts? Would you awaken us just like you've awakened prophets of old and your people of old, Lord? We thank you that the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in us today. And we pray that you'd speak to us and you'd lead us, Lord God. Give us boldness. Give us the ability to discern, Lord God, and to be obedient in the moment, Lord God. Lord, we pray you give us divine appointments, Lord, this week, Lord God, and the next season that's ahead of us, Lord God. And would you awaken the divine appointments that are behind us, Lord God. And may we have the boldness to reach out, Lord God, to some to walk a journey with them, Lord God. And we're believing a week from today that multitudes will come to know you as Lord and Savior, that lives will be changed, and eternities will be transformed, Lord God, that somebody that was walking towards death would experience a brand new life in you. So, Lord, we commit this to you now, Lord God. We pray you give us holy boldness. We pray that you give us the ability, Lord God, to overcome our own fears, our own insecurities, our own excuses, Lord God. And we simply say yes to you. And in that moment, Lord God, maybe it's in a park. Maybe it says we're riding in an Uber, Lord God, or at a bank, wherever it is, Lord God, that in the moment when you speak, when you nudge us, that we would just extend, we just reach out. We see many lives changed and transformed as a result of it. Lord God, we pray today, Lord God, that you'd work in hearts and lives, soften hearts, Lord God. We pray for our family members, for those that need to know you, that need to experience you, that need to come into relationship with you, Lord God. May not another moment pass them by. May they experience the life that you have for them. And church, now I just invite you, would you just take a posture of surrender completely before the Lord? And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would just make himself so known to you in this week that's ahead of you, that he would anoint you, that he would give you discernment and everything you would need to be obedient in that moment. Lord, we thank you that just as, as Moses said to the people, what you need isn't, isn't too far from you. It's not so far removed. We thank you today, Lord, that because of what you've done, Lord, the power we need is in us, Lord God. You have ra you raised Jesus from the dead. Holy Spirit, you're alive in us. And you're making us alive. You're leading us and you're guiding us. And I pray your anointing and your power to fall on every life, Lord God, and every one of us, Lord, that you would, in your presence today and in the week ahead of us, that you would just give us divine appointment after divine appointment. We open our hearts to you. We open our schedule to you. We make ourselves available to you, Lord God, and we ask you to move in power. Lord God, we give you the week that's ahead of us. We give you all the services and we give you all that you're going to do. We pray, Lord God, that you would change many lives and you'd use us. Use the power of our invitation, the power of our reach, Lord God. May someone be reached for the gospel. May their life be forever changed, Lord God. May their generations to come, Lord God, be able to rejoice because of what happens this upcoming week, Lord God. And he may it begin today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Church, would you just praise God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Church, we're just going to open the altars right now. I just sense like God's doing something. And so I'm just going to open the altars. I'm going to invite my pastors and our 
um, and our leaders, deacons, elders, altar workers, just to come forward. I just, I sense God has some more to do. So I'm just going to invite Pastor Rick to lead us into a little bit of worship. And church, let's just respond. Let's just press in. I sense there's more that God wants to do to minister to hearts and to lives. And so uh, that's going to happen by us just coming forward to these altars. Would you just come? Would you press forward? And we're just going to spend some time in worship here this morning. We're just going to spend some time pressing in and asking God to meet us. If you need a touch from God in your life, in your body, if you need uh, God to show up in your circumstance, you just come forward. Um, we're going to continue to worship the Lord. If you need to go, you're free to go. Uh, but please save your conversations for the foyer. We're going to make this a space of just responding to God and what he's doing today. And um, God, just come and meet us now in these last moments, Lord God. Lord, we pray that you give us exactly what we need, Lord God. I sense just a, a divine appointment that's happening even today as we close this service for somebody. Lord God, would we respond to you and to the prompting of your spirit, Lord God. Would you come and would you meet us here, Lord God, as we seek you. Oh, Lord, may we find you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. If that's you and you need anything from the Lord, if you need a touch from him, please want to pray with you. Just come forward. We're just going to be worshiping the Lord and praying here to close out our service. We hope you have been challenged and blessed by this message. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com.